As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the only podcast that boldly looks at obscure and almost forgotten <laughs> media and tries to decide if it should be remembered for the rest of time or tossed into the black hole of obscurity. I mean, we always use that one, but there, there's some more uh, space terms for you. Black hole. Oh, good job. Steve. Yeah, I thought you'd be impressed. Uh, I'm here with uh, Brigadier Captain... <laughs> <laughs> co-host uh yes only refer to me as captain now all right captain uh do you want to say your captain you hell um happy birthday sir to get that right out out there um he's uh hip he's cool he's 41 years yep. old yep uh how you doing kids uh <laughs> <laughs> you're here to tell us all about uh tng i presume uh mr or no sorry captain you uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, you cut out for a second for me there. Uh, am I ready to tell you all about what TNG? Yes, TNG. Yes, I. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I just found this old thing in the closet. You know, no big deal. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Like I mean, I I feel uh, I don't want to say left out, but like I'm underdressed. Basically, like if the head of Starfleet were here, I'd get thrown in the brig or something you, like you that. You will be court-martialed after this podcast, sir. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I mean, I used to be a, a Borg. Does that mean anything? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, mm, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, they'll assimilate uh, yeah. anyone, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, Very, uh, very excited to discuss this, although uh, uh, yeah, this wouldn't be like an episode I would re ever recommend for somebody to try to get someone into Star Trek, per se, just because it's like, so different from all of the other TNG episodes. Oh, I noticed. I noticed. But before we get too deep, uh, yes, this is uh, the podcast where we look at random obscure media, movies, uh, TV, uh, comics, and uh, sometimes we just pick a random episode of a uh, classic 90s uh, TV. And this is actually, it's the month of October, if you're listening to this uh, currently, and uh, we've been exploring uh, Halloween media. So our, <laughs> well, our first movie... <laughs> Didn't really have anything to do with Halloween, but it was a horror film called Brain Jacked. You should check that one out. And then after that, we uh, looked at the uh, ha Garfield Halloween special, which I think it's uh, pretty funny Ugh. because that was about cats. And there's cats in this show, too. Like, I'm, uh, <laughs> I know oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah. a cat guy, but I'm the one who picked Garfield. And uh, I don't know. Did you pick this purposely because there's cats in it? No, no. I, I actually forgot that Spot, because uh, Spot, Data's cat, is in several episodes. Oh, I didn't realize uh, it was like a big... Uh, big. A, it's a reoccurring character, Steve. Oh, whoa. Well, <laughs> that, man, like watching this made me realize that there's a lot of like later episodes that I've never seen. Um, it, was, uh, it was really interesting. But again, before we get too deep, uh, what we're talking about uh, specifically is uh, Star Trek The Next Generation... Uh, season seven, seven, episode 19, and the episode is called Genesis. Um, and, uh, we picked it because I challenged you hell. I, I asked him, I said, I'm first, I was like, 
Yehel, you're a trecosexual, aren't you? And <laughs> yep, and that is how I, I mean that's what my sexual orientation. That's what is. you people want to be called. I know, uh, right, right. Uh, and I said, uh, hey, is there any um, is there any trek that like fits into the realm of Halloween? And I mean, and I would like I would actually qualify that question with like, do they celebrate any holidays at all in the world of Star Trek? There is an episode where they have a Captain Picard day. <laughs> Uh, it's like an unofficial holiday on the Enterprise. It's it's mostly for the children, but uh, anyway, they make they make Captain Picard uh, little gifts and mm-hmm. trinkets, and he like uh, has to judge their artwork or something. That uh, sounds anyway, awful. It, that's actually it's actually a really good episode, but uh, yeah, and he hates the Picard Day thing. It's pretty funny, but um, and besides that, there is in the first Star Trek uh, TNG movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, there's a Christmas scene ah. where it's not really happening in the real world, but <laughs> you it's mean they Picard. don't they don't call it Life Day? <laughs> no, no, he's like in this thing that lets you kind of live out your fantasies or whatever, mm. and he's just having like a uh, very British uh, ah, yes. Christmas. Yeah, uh, no matter how far in the uh, the future humanity gets, there's always Britishness to be had. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, well. Uh, Fantas- well, that's pretty much it, man. Hmm. Well, yes, there's no there's no room in the future for silly holidays and like and celebrations. Yeah, there's no human holidays. There's like lots of alien holidays. Like there's always like some weird Klingon holiday ritual going on. They're always celebrating things. Those people. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll stop using this as an excuse to sound racist. Um, but uh, OK, well, are you ready to? Dive deep into Star Trek Next Generation Genesis. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, I, I would, you know, usually you ask me what my relationship with Star Trek is, and we don't have that kind of time. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> what's your relationship with Star Trek? Okay. Well, I mean, I would like to know when you first get into it, but I'll go first. Uh, I think anyone who's listened pro- has probably figured out that I am a, a casual or was a casual Trek viewer. I think I watched uh, mostly the original uh, Star Trek and then. Here and there, I would say like early episodes of the Next Generation. Uh, I think you can. Oh, good! You watch the worst ones. Good. Are those? Because <laughs> like, yeah, season one and two are, are the worst two seasons. Right? Because I mean, I think I remember. I remember the pilot when they had that weird black like pool thing. Um, is that the pilot basically? Or no, but no, but that is in season one. Right. Uh, I remember watching season two. The episode's called Skin of Evil. I rem- the one that kills Tasha Yar. Yes, yes. I remember that when it premiered. And then, of course, like random like Borg episodes because I thought those guys looked awesome because they reminded me of RoboCop. Um, but boy, were they anything but like RoboCop. Yeah. Um, no, no, so, yeah, I'm a, a casual Trek guy. Seen a few of the episodes, um, but I'd like to know. Well, we'll save that to the end. Um, so when exactly did you uh, <laughs> decide to become a Trek fan or were you just born that way? Please tell me. Um, you know, I was born that way, but I didn't realize it until, uh, yeah, I don't remember how old I was exactly, but I know I started watching it during season three. So it would have been 91 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was probably like 11, uh, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just randomly put it on one night or turn on TV and it was on and I got hooked. And, uh, thankfully they were running the first couple of se- every, all the previous episodes in syndication already, mm-hmm. like every weeknight they would play like an old one so i got caught up and uh i've been deep in love with star trek 
ever since. Deep in the trecosexual community. I gotcha. Yes. All right. Well, uh, let's run the bumper and we'll get even deeper into deep space, the next generation. I'm regretting this all. (laughs) Welcome to your feature presentation. All right. If you're a uh, podcast listener, you're right now missing out on our awesome uh, Star Trek Genesis uh, slideshow that shows random clips. Oh, this from is the- a thing <laughs> of beauty. <laughs> There's the iguana. Oh, man. That, that cracked me up. I don't know why. Um, but uh, yeah, as I said, or maybe I didn't, uh, this premiered March 19th, 1994. And uh, did you catch this when it premiered, or did you catch it later on the flip-flop? Oh, no, sir. Uh, this is season seven, so mm-hmm. I was deep into uh, my love for TNG. And this is a late uh, season seven episode. So, uh, yeah, I caught it when it aired. Yeah, I, I noticed. Like, And this is what, uh, like, watching it, I was like, wow. Like, there's there must be a lot of, like, later Trek that I miss because, like, when I close my eyes <laughs> and I think about Star Trek The Next Generation, everyone looks like, pristine and beautiful especially Riker <laughs> and like and they did this one I mean I don't know if it was if they started using HD cameras or maybe I just got an HD uh copy but I'm like ah oh, man everyone looks so much older than I remember um so uh yeah I mean TNG uh was remastered ah uh, there you go in HD from the original film so yeah uh every, every streaming service now has the HD uh, version right uh but the i will say the um like the ship and like the outer or exterior shots of a space and stuff looked way better than i remembered that yeah, it looked yeah awesome. they really hold up uh for sure um so uh here's a uh, synopsis of once again star trek the next generation season seven episode 19 genesis The crew go back in time to the 90s to ensure the Sega Genesis is the rightful winner in the console wars, and Jordy gets conned into a job reading children's books. That's it, right? (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, bravo. You like that? All right, here's the real one. (laughs) All right. uh, When a new torpedo guidance system malfunctions, Picard and Data go chasing after it into an asteroid field while the crew is left behind to deal with their own strange behaviors. Yeah, that's uh, that's the real one. Um, and I, yeah. I'd say that synopsis does it uh, justice. And uh, this was directed by Gates McFadden, which is like the best name ever. And uh, in case you don't know, she also plays Dr. Crusher, which is also a cool yep. name. Um, and uh, the writing credits now was... Gene Roddenberry still alive in season? No, All right. Gene, Gene, Gene died during season three. If I thought so. All right. I guess they just have him here as the creator. Um, I guess the written by is um, Brannon Braga. It's Brannon Braga. Brannon Braga. All right. That's much better. Uh, Renee. God, I'm dying here. Echevarria. Thank you. And uh, Naren Shankar. That, I can nail, nail that one. Um are these uh, some regular uh, Trek contributors? Yeah, yeah. Brandon Braga uh, ended up becoming basically kind of like the showrunner f- for Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, he would always write kind of like weird episodes. Ah. Um, 
Yeah, if you couldn't tell. Right. Uh, but no, he's he's got like a lot of really good episodes to his name. Um, re- he actually is one of the showrunners or one of the executive producers on the Orville now, mm-hmm. um, which has like a bunch of trick people in it. And uh, Rene Echevarria, he wrote a bunch of episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, very cool. And uh, this was produced by Paramount Television. And uh, and uh, yeah, so did you want to handle the cast here? Yeah, so we've got a couple <laughs> people that have been in Star Trek uh, <laughs> this week. Yeah, we're gonna Obviously, we're gonna everybody. pass the Star Trek uh, connection bumper this time. Yeah, yeah I think I think that might be a good yeah. idea. <laughs> So uh, obviously Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. uh, you know him from everything. Uh, you know, uh, I almost said Captain X, uh, <laughs> Professor X. The original <laughs> Dune movie by David Lynch. There's your Twin Peaks yep, connection. Yep. Maybe, maybe you know him as the Nazi from the Green Room. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, that's true. <laughs> he's he's good at that's a great movie. Oh, that is um, a good movie. But um, and funny enough, the guy that plays Chekhov in the reboot movies is in that movie too. That's but uh, yeah. anyways. Uh, Jonathan Frakes, uh, known from uh, other stuff like Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, is <laughs> the guy with the meme asking you a bunch of questions. Like, um, but uh, he he went on to uh, become like a pretty big time director. Mm-hmm. He's got tons of credits, TV credits to his name. He's done a few movies. He he directed Star Trek: First Contact, the board movie. That's true. Um, Lavar Burton, as we all know, he was conned into becoming uh, <laughs> a reader books. of children's books. A reading rainbow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously from Roots. Uh, oh. He also did some directing. Oh, yes. You, you have to mention um, <laughs> the movie that we reviewed of his um, with Katie Segal. Oh, my God. Smart House. Yeah, the, Smart House. The Disney, Brom- the Disney movie. The surprisingly yeah. good Disney movie. Make sure you check out uh, that episode. Man, I feel like our, we've been podcasting for years now, but uh, yeah. I don't know. It's maybe like 10 episodes old. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Uh, Michael Dorn, who plays Worf, uh, he's done a bunch of other stuff too. A lot of voiceover work. Uh, um, he was the voice of um, uh, shoot, uh, IR Baboon um, from, uh, remember that cartoon? It was attached to Cow and Chicken. Uh, <laughs> I forget. I remember Cow and Chicken. You don't like to laugh. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I only like serious space science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh Gates McFadden plays Dr. Crusher. Uh, she's also been in uh, a bunch of stuff. She has a podcast now called, I don't know, something Gates. Something, Into the Gates. Inve- yeah. Invest the Gates. That's what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. clever. Uh, uh, Marina Sirtis plays Counselor Deanna Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's done more theater than anything. Uh, oh, her and Jonathan Frakes uh, are in a couple episodes of Star Trek Picard. Uh one of the only good episodes uh, of Star Trek. <laughs> and if I could jump Brent in Spiner. real quick for Marina, uh, she's also in one of the uh, canon Death Wish movies. <laughs> and I think oh. she's uh, spoken quite uh, badly about her uh, her time working with canon. Anyway, she's she's an she's an outspoken uh, person. Yes. yes uh, and of course, you know, she and Jonathan Freaks both. And I think Michael Dorn, too, did voices on Gargoyles, the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had a lot uh, of uh, trick people in that. Yeah. All right. Jesus Christ. Almost done. Two to go. Uh, Brent Spiner plays Commander Data. Mm. Uh, I think he got his start like on Night Court or something. <laughs> uh, he's a pretty funny guy. Uh, then Dwight Schultz, who plays Barkley. Now, Barkley was a reoccurring character. I think he's only in like eight or nine episodes mm-hmm. total of TNG, but he gets brought back 
uh, in Star Trek Voyager, and actually Troy does too. Uh, and they kind of help to get Voyager home. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, I think he might be in more episodes of Star Trek Voyager than TNG, actually. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, a bunch of a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of ensigns, uh, lower deckers. Is that why you uh, skipped over Patty Yatsuki? I mean, is she ever is she like a normal Trek person? I've there was a lot of people she, in here. Who I was like, I've never seen this yeah, person before. She's a reoccurring character, but I mean, a lot of times, like her only lines are just like, "Yes, Doctor." Right, like right. one, and that's it. And then you don't see her the rest of the episode. So she's got like this episode and another episode where she gets like some character development. Mm -hmm. um, there's an episode called Lower Decks. It's all about like ensigns, basically, mm -hmm. on the ship, and it just concentrates on these four ensigns. And she's one of them, and she gets like a promotion in it. And eh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, besides that, everybody else is you know just background. Uh, sure. A lot of background actors. Sure, sure. Um, I do know a lot about background acting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, all right, very cool. Um, I think that pretty much sums up the cast uh, quite well. So, so yeah, let's dive right into this. Uh, our, our cold open, man. This episode was so weird. I mean, it's not like how I remember <laughs> TNG at all. We open with uh, Riker is getting porcupine quills poured out, pulled out of his back. While Crusher deals with, like, Barclay's first name is Reg, right? They kept calling him yeah, Reg. Okay, yeah. Reg. Uh, a guy I've never seen in a Star Trek episode. When did he join the, the crew? Um, I want to say season four might be late season three. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the weird thing is, like, even though he's not a regular cast member, there's like several like Barkley centric episodes. Like he's not a guy that comes in and does a line. Like there's like entire episodes just about him. Oh yeah. I mean, after watching this, I thought he was going to be in like every sort of later episode from there on. I mean, he was, he's quite a character. <laughs> like he, he yeah. chose the scenery um, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of a welcome sort of addition. I thought like maybe they added him cause they felt they needed more comedic relief or something. Um, but anyway, and I also thought it was funny that, uh, all right, he's acting all hypochondriac. That's not a right word, but he's acting. Yeah, yeah. And then Crusher is like telling him, stop diagnosing yourself using a Starfleet medical database. And that's funny because like so many yeah. people are like, oh, I went on WebMD and now mm -hmm. I have the plague and stuff. Like, yeah, it's a uh, Star Trek predicts the future, man. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, and so data shows up and they start checking out a cat. Uh, wait, wait, you, you kind of glossed over why Riker has those cactus, uh, just giant cactus needles in his back. Uh, he just, and they ask him like, oh, how did this happen? And, and Riker just casually says, oh, do you know Ensign Lieutenant so-and-so? Mm -hmm. And she's like, and he's like, yeah, oh, well, we were down in the Arboretum walking and then things got romantic. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, I, uh, I, I rolled over on this cactus. So basically Riker's like, yeah, I was fucking her in the right. Arboretum. <laughs> All right. See that? That's hilarious. I think I might've missed it because I was busy writing my notes and, uh, that's, one thing about the uh, the pacing about this episode is that I would say, I don't know, the first act like really breezes by fast. And then we get to a, a segment where it slows down, but we'll get there. But yeah, that's really funny because everyone knows that Riker is uh, quite the ladies' man. The uh, yes, he Starfleet is. pimp, if you will. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway. So yeah, Reg gets a, gets a shot. Um I can't remember her name. I just call her Asian Doc. Nurse, uh, 
Um, uh, Ogawa. Yeah, Ogawa name. says that uh, the, um, she's pregnant in addition to the cat. And they all, uh, you right. know. Data's cat is, yeah. has been brought in right. for her checkup. And, uh, and yeah, that's basically what I, what I gleaned from the cold open, open. And I have written here overall very confusing. Like the tone felt so weird to me. Like I thought it was like someone's fever dream. Like this is, I don't know. My mind was like making up stuff that didn't happen. Like I thought that this was going to be like a, um, a Dr. Crusher episode since it was directed by her. And like, she was imagining that this is how the sick bay was supposed to be or something like that. Or <laughs> maybe she like, I don't know, drank some weird medicine or whatever, but it turns out that that's how it is, at least on this episode. And yeah. I just, I mean, I, I, it is a weird open. I get the, why they did it. Cause they wanted to establish, uh, that spot was pregnant because that mm. actually becomes an important plot sure. point to resolving things later on. And they wanted to uh, establish, of course, that Riker still uh, has it uh, in the bedroom. <laughs> Every episode, they have to. <laughs> yeah, no, but but they also needed to establish that uh, Barkley was uh, uh, kind of the the root the the, the root cause uh, of the illness that everybody ends up with. Right, right, and uh, yeah, I mean, so far, you know, they're this is, well, but it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I mean. You're definitely not in uh, sort of scary or Halloween territory yet. It's just yeah. a weird Star Trek opening <laughs> so far. It, it's almost like it, it's almost like a like a slice of life yeah. anime opening or something it where it's just like people are just doing going about their day, you know, just normal stuff. In mm. fact, when they go to the credits, because usually not just in Star Trek, but most shows that do cold opens, you know, you want like a cliffhangerish, mm. cliffhangerish kind of end to your cold open, right? Yep. Something to make people come back after the credits and the opening theme and whatever. But instead it just ends on like, I'm pregnant too. And yeah. they're just like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And Data makes like some joke like about like, oh, if your husband needs any advice, you know, if... Uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, you know, <laughs> let me know. And yeah. it's my experience. He'll need all the help he can get. Yuck, <laughs> yuck, yuck. Oh, man. That's, you know, I that actually... I don't know. It's really funny. I think uh, if you showed this to someone who's never seen an episode of Star Trek, I think they'd be really surprised. Um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, like um, I wrote here, as I already said, that the opening looks a lot better than I remember. It looks great. Um, of course, the, the theme is classic. Anyway, uh, scene one, we're in the bridge. Um, Worf is uh, testing this new torpedo guidance uh, system. So he uh, fires a torpedo. Uh, one of them veers off, um, and uh, basically they can't retrieve it, so uh, Picard and Data have to go retrieve it in a shuttle. And then Riker says, the shuttle pilot is unavailable. And then Picard is like, <laughs> just to make sure to undress Riker in front of everyone, he's like, I happen to be an excellent pilot, so fuck off. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't actually <laughs> say that. Um and then yeah, it's weird that they didn't have Riker fly the shuttle because, um, or say, or volunteer because Riker is many times did they talk about how he's like one of the best uh, pilots in Starfleet. Oh, so he's like the launch pad McQuack of the show, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully with less crashing. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they, I guess they needed Riker so they could turn him into that weird Cro Magnon thing. Spoiler alert. Yeah. 
Um, I, although, well, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Uh, yeah, spoilers, everyone. You should go watch this on what yeah. Paramount Plus or um, uh, it's on. It's still on Netflix. Paramount Plus mm-hmm. and Prime, I think, still has it. I think Hulu still has it too, actually. Very cool. Uh, I thought it was funny though, like because like when they're doing the uh, launch for the missiles, like Worf is so proud of his new missile guidance system that he like upgraded. Oh yeah. And then my new missile guidance system. Yes. And then Picard comes along right before he leaves and completely crushes Worf by saying he needs to uh, analyze his new guidance system. Like, (laughs) yeah, it was so crushed. It was hilarious. I don't know. Like, yeah, I I mean, I actually am uh, really enjoying like just all the, the character stuff, the beginning here. Um, yeah. And uh and yeah, so off off they go to retrieve the uh, the torpedo. Uh scene two, I guess we're in um is it Data's quarters or someone's quarters? Uh yeah, it's Data's quarters because he's telling Reg Reg to uh watch Spot, his right? cat. He leaves while he's away. Spot with Reg, which <laughs> I don't know if I trust that guy with like anything, but uh whatever. I'll I'll <laughs> go with it. Uh, Reg finds a place for the cat to give birth. Uh, that was also kind of weird. Um, Reg asks who the father of the cat is. And Data uh, homoerotically sidles up to him and tells him he doesn't know, but there are a number of other cats on the Enterprise. And that totally blew my mind. Like, I'm just not used to seeing random cats running around on any of the... Yeah, uh, he says, not, not just that there's other cats. He says that there's a dozen male cats. <laughs> So they ran a train. That, on who her. knows how many female cats? Oh, there no. are. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, I just, but I, I just thought it was, but it doesn't make any sense. Right. Because like, okay, fine. Spot escaped his quarter. Maybe the door, when the doors opened, right. She like ran out of his quarters, but unless another male cat happened to like escape and they happened to both be on the same deck, right. how are they going to find each other? I mean, and when and they're not going to go. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. When did they do it? Because, right. like, you know, it's just it's just corridors and and rooms, and they're they're not going to go into a room, and, and there's no thing for them to hide behind. So, and when did oh, the oh, hippies running Starfleet allow them people to bring random animals onto a onto the Enterprise? I mean, come on. Hey, man, that's in the in, in the Star Trek show Enterprise with you know, and that's a prequel. Scott Bakula. Um, yeah. Scott Bakula has a dog mind blown oh my but they never had so, uh, they never had it during kirk's time let me tell you that well, it was run by republicans back then he he, he was too busy being the dog yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> all right so now we're back on the bridge wharf is just pissed that he can't find anything wrong with the guidance system and Riker says oh you've been war- up for six hours you need to go take a break uh, so I guess they have like much more, uh, much better working conditions in the future than, uh, than we have here. Well, he, he says that he's been like at that particular thing oh. for six hours. Okay. Well, that's is, a little is, different, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's telling him to take, that's why he wants to take a break. But before that, when Riker goes up to him to tell him that Worf like gets super pissed mm-hmm. at him and he's like, must you stand so close to me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way he delivers it is hilarious. Oh yeah. Like, do you think that, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm not used to seeing Worf get so angry. Do you think the performance was a little over the top compared to past like Worf performances? Um, yeah, it's it's not the usual way it's he gets mad. Very cartoony, I think. Right. Which I kind of liked it because uh, 
it let it, it kind of lets you know, hey, this is weird. Right. Like if you're a regular viewer, like right, th- right. this isn't normally how he acts when he gets mad. Like usually when Warp gets mad, he'll kind of be quiet mm, and he'll that's speak what I'm he's used trying to. to contain himself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway, scene four, we're in the cafeteria. <laughs> this is so funny. Warp The cafeteria, sir. It's called Ten Forward. Please put some respect on it. What's it called? It. Ten Forward? Ten Forward. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Okay. I never knew that. I think it's an actual naval thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you have like your galley like uh at the ten o'clock of the ship, I think that's why it's called ten four. <laughs> sure, forward. just like uh take five for anyone who's ever worked at Universal Studios. Um and yeah, maybe someone's listening. Who knows? Uh yeah. Anyway, uh so they're in ten forward, excuse me. <laughs> Worf <laughs> angrily eats his lunch, which is hilarious. Then Deanna yeah. Troy joins him and orders caviar. Worf gets yeah. so pi- caviar for lunch. For lunch, <laughs> <is> so funny. <laughs> and then how he just and sat there in with- space, man. Like, yeah. L- like, like it's not like really the literally the middle of the day, bro. Like, who cares? Right. Like that she's having caviar for lunch. That, that's such a weird thing to get angry about. But again, you're right. It's supposed to be weird. Yeah. And uh, he just that scene when he just sat there with like the claw in his mouth just sort of staring at her or just into space like it was so bizarre i loved it i loved it um yeah. and, and uh i also liked uh i don't know if you were aware but uh troy and Worf did get together in season seven i do remember that um, i do remember that so at this point they're already together so that's why you know they're gonna have lunch together or whatever and i, I thought like her reactions to him were like pretty funny too uh, mm-hmm. c- c- like, like you can tell she's just used to dealing with him. She's just like, ah, he's just being Klingon, his Klingon self, or right, whatever, you right, know. Right, you people, it's a you people moment. <laughs> yeah, she, she's like, calm down, <laughs> right? Simmer down, sir. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, we're I guess uh, into Worf's um quarters in scene five. He's uh, tossing and turning, wakes up, ripping his sheets, skulks around the room. Tears up his mattress and then sleeps on the floor. And uh, not Academy, but Emmy Award-winning performance. If I ever saw one, um, <laughs> that's really all there is to say about that. Uh, and then yeah. we're in engineering, where uh, Reg says there's a uh, when they you know it's hard to write down all the sciency stuff that they're talking about. Uh, perhaps you can fill us in, but he says there's some sort of adjustment going on in. When they're in yeah, the- I don't I, even I don't remember exactly what it was, but something with the engine and it was going to take X amount. He, he he goes on this long explanation, yeah. like unusually long. There's a lot of that in this episode. Well, eh, peppered uh, throughout, I'd say. Um, so now, but, uh, and at this point, Reg is like super hyper. Mm. Uh, versus what we saw earlier, he's talking super fast mm-hmm. and it's going a million miles a minute. So something's up with him now. So uh, we're back on the bridge now. <laughs> this another hilarious scene. Uh, Deanna, um, Troy asks the computer to adjust the AC, but Worf says no. <laughs> he adjusts it back. And uh, I mean, it's, I guess it's just a quick scene to show that, you know, they're they're both like freaking out for the most part. Yeah, like she's uh, super cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she keeps turning up and he's like, no, you've turned it up three times. Right. And she says, I'm going to go. She, she's like, and she's like, um, she's a commander at this point now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she, it's her. She's doing like the night watch on the bridge, basically. So she's got the bridge. She's in charge. And she goes, I need to take it back. Yeah. And she just like leaves. <laughs> Warp in charge. Yeah. Like, uh, all the male scene, Star Trek fans get really excited with that one line. Uh, but anyway, I, I think we might, I think we might've skipped a scene with Riker 
showing that he was like having trouble concentrating a little bit. I thought that was after, or maybe there's two similar scenes. Okay, I mean it must have been a short one. Otherwise, I would have wrote. Yeah, it it's down. real subtle. Mm-hmm. He just starts like taking him a little bit longer to like finish a sentence or something. Like it's really subtle. Right, right. But still, like it's just it's so funny to see all the Starfleet members do things that you wouldn't normally see them do. Cause like, I'm used to like the Swiss Swiss watch, uh, Starfleet where everyone's just on it for the most part. And here they're all Mm -hmm. losing it. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. And, uh, okay. So now, okay. We're back on the bridge. I think this is the scene here. Uh, and the back on the bridge, Starfleet asks Riker about weapons analysis. Riker pauses and says they haven't finished it yet. And then he tries to say something else. And then the scene just cuts. He like just sort of zones out. Uh, and it was yeah, like, like it, like it took him forever to get it out. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like the guy that's telling him that Starfleet wants an update on it. He goes on the, he's like, he says something like on the what, right. Like he's yeah. forgotten what, what, and the guy's like the missiles, <laughs> you know, that we're retrieving. Yeah. I want to know if we've got it, tell them. And then he has like this long pause. We haven't finished yet. Yeah. And then he stares off into like space. It's so funny Literally. because like <laughs> he just sounds like a guy who showed up to work hungover, basically, uh, which is not right. something you would normally see from him. Uh, anyway, a next scene, uh, Deanna Troy takes an erotic bath with her uniform on and Worf comes in. Um, there's a bit of an altercation. He uh, screams at her to get out of the water and then he bites her on the neck, uh, which uh, I mean, on the on the cheek, uh, was it the cheek? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think uh, it's like the cheek. Yeah, because later she has gills on her neck. Right, right. And man, like that was uh, trust me, Steve. I, I'm, I've seen this episode. I'm sure times. you have every <laughs> Halloween, right? Um, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, and I mean, I was not expecting that. And then I think there's like a commercial break, and now we're back in the medical bay. Um, Okawa says everyone is complaining about the cold temperature. Crusher discovers a weird growth on Worf's neck. Uh, yeah, Troy, Troy, and Worf are both in sick bay now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I called it the medical bay. My bad. <laughs> yeah, it's sick bay. I was I, I was gonna let it slide. Uh, you seem to get a little <laughs> sensitive about the ten forward uh, correction, but no, uh, no. I need to no, learn. He, it's the only way I'm ever gonna get into Starfleet. <laughs> so they said that like her temperature dropped like eight degrees, which mm-hmm. that's crazy. I think that would kill you right or be pretty close to it probably um but she's also like changing she's not quite human betazoid anymore right right uh and Worf, like you said he's got like a couple of he's got like a sack on the side of his neck Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, great makeup effects in this one which we'll definitely see once we get later in the episode um and uh yeah but the (laughs) The perfect way to end any scene is when um, Crusher is uh, checking out the thing on Worf's neck and Worf opens his mouth and shoots out ice or something. Venom. Is that what it was? Like, I don't know. That that looked really, I I have a feeling like some of these effects probably looked a lot better in like the standard definition version. Uh, This just looked so weird. They redid some of the... uh, digital effects Mm -hmm. that they redid them Mm -hmm. and but when they did them over they didn't try to make them look better they wanted it to like be true to the original um they just wanted it you know they didn't want it to like be blurry and shitty looking and obviously like because they were going to the original film stocks Mm -hmm. um they had to like redo the effects uh because you know they weren't 
done in camera. So, yeah, I I remember even as a kid that it, that part looked a little weird. I don't know why they didn't just spray a liquid. Yeah, and <laughs> like, I think the way that it was shot was also a little, dare I say, cartoony because it's really it's like a complete close up of him and his mouth opening and this weird, I don't know, superimposed. Discolored. I mean, as I said, I thought like green mist, yeah, green or? blue. Yeah, it was actually it was the great Muda. He showed up and hated <laughs> it. Doctor Crusher. Um, but I, I do like Crusher's reaction to it. Uh, like she, you know, because it's supposed to be. We find out later she's going to need reconstructive surgery, mm-hmm. so she should act like her face is burning off and like she like really went for it. And you don't, you don't really see that a lot. Like that kind of yelling in pain in Star Trek. No, uh, at least ev- not in the night. Everyone's yeah, real reserved for the most part, um which is why this uh, episode was so surprising to me. Um so yeah, anyway, now we are in I saw that it's called something else, but I wrote down oh, it's the ready room, right? That's where they are next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually <laughs> At first, they put meeting room, but then I saw it written on the wall, ready room. Um, so Okawa says Crusher is in stasis. Um, Reg is acting weird, really weird and sort of in your Super face. Super hyper. Like, yeah. He can't stay still. He keeps like getting into weird, like, the way, postures. Yeah, the way he was positioned on the table, like, it was so funny, yeah. like some weird sculpture or something. And I, I wrote, he needs to cut back on the coffee, but later we realized it has nothing to do with his caffeine intake. Um, did you did you notice what nurse ogawa was doing with her hands i did not so later she turns into like some kind of primate like an ape like thing and while she's like at the table talking she's talk she starts oh i have something just happened to the webcam i don't know what oh there it goes it's back but she starts like doing this with her hands Uh, i don't know if you can see see it it. like uh like she's like she's making you know like kind of like a form like a more like a primate would uh it's a nice touch and 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 Riker is also doing stuff too, where he's kind of like, like has his fist on the table <laughs> at some points. Like he's like literally knuckle dragging. Mm. So like it's cool. Like they're like that they're doing little subtle things, you know. Yeah, that is cool. Um, and uh, although unfortunately, I'm convinced that Dwight Schultz has never seen a spider. <laughs> uh, doesn't know what they're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Riker. Um, all right, after the scene in the meeting room, he tries to send a message through the computer. But again, he zones out, and so a message never gets sent. And well, yeah, and uh, we find out that Worf is missing because, like, they, uh, uh, Jordy comes in at some point, and uh, they say that War- Worf is missing, and the computer can't seem to lock onto his life sign, can't seem to find him, um, or keep a steady lock, something like that. Uh, and then they say, you know, they all realize that they Nurse Ogawa was like, hey, there's there's a virus going on. We're all infected. And yeah, Riker's gonna warn Starfleet or send a message to Starfleet. And uh, I-, I thought this was like a really like cool kind of creepy scene, like the way they did it, where like he tr- Riker tries to contact Starfleet. He's doing the security, oh, security channel uh, alpha, blah blah blah. The computers like ask him for the code. Yeah, and he he just zones out. He can't remember the code. Yep, that's uh, I'd say that's almost like classic sort of horror sci-fi kind of shtick right there and it definitely works uh, really well because yeah. that is ba- I mean that is basically the end of the Star Trek episode as you know right there because now we're like in <laughs> almost like full-on haunted house like horror movie coming up um we're almost there <laughs> first all right next we're we're in the shuttle with Picard and Data 
They retrieved the torpedo, no problem. Eh, no need to show that on camera. <laughs> they could just talk about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it took them three days yeah. to to track it down. Well, they're they're the best. What can we say? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were like in an asteroid field right, or whatever. Right, right. So well, I guess. They said something was messing with their sensors or something. Not here to judge. I'm just an average uh, citizen. One day I'll be a member of Starfleet. Maybe Riker was right. Picard shouldn't have been on this mission. <laughs> He's too old, Picard. Too old. Um, anyway, uh, Data can't communicate with anyone from the Enterprise. Uh, but then he does a little computer razzmatazz, and then they find it anyway. And so they uh, head back to the Enterprise. Um, now the next, which is, uh, now adrift. It's very slowly spinning. Right. Right. And, um, so the next scene is them stepping off onto the enterprise. Like you've never seen it before. The power is off. The crew is missing. It's dark. There's spider webs. And now we're in like Halloween territory. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but then they, they up the ante a, a bit. Oh, they find, uh, shed skin made uh, of uh, reptilian DNA. And um, that reminds me uh, to tell you all to go watch uh, or watch, go listen to uh, Ray Can't Sleep, my audio drama. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Let me just. What a beautiful segment. Yeah, let me just play the trailer and we'll get right back to uh, Star Trek here. My name is Ray and I can't sleep. What happens when you try? I feel like I'm dreaming, but I'm awake, and I can't move. I think you were sleepwalking. You emptied your pocket, sat back down, and went back to sleep. There were some rough-looking characters on the bus, so I grabbed your stuff and sat next to you so no one would try anything. So you saw someone who needed help, and you helped them? That is the most un-LA thing I've ever heard. I've gone over the audio, and I think I found something. Something good? That's the guy. Do you think it's aliens? It's odd, but I don't think it's anything that crazy. Are you sure? Or maybe you're just being closed-minded. I just don't know who to trust anymore. When there's nothing left to believe in, believe in sense. That's right. Ray Can't Sleep, available wherever you get podcasts. Anyway, uh, back to the show. Um, so yeah, they find this, uh, skin, they analyze it, they find out that it's, uh, reptilian and, um, let me get my notes back up here. Um, and, um, as I said, power is off, crew's missing. Uh, they enter, um, Deanna Troy's quarters to find yeah. her. Again, in the bath, gentlemen, in the bath. But this time, she looks like she's turning into the creature from the Black Lagoon or uh, from the Shape of Water, <laughs> if you want something a little more uh, current. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, really cool uh, makeup effects. Like, I'm sure it was really hard to to make that so it could actually uh, withstand the water and everything. Um, yeah. And yeah, and oh, uh, sorry. her gills, like, it's. I'm glad that they went through the extra trouble of making her gills mm -hmm. actually pulsate right. uh, in and out. And you know? yeah, oh, for sure. But unfortunately, this is kind of when the um, episode starts to fall apart for me. Um, and I think there's also like a uh, it's kind of hard to, I would say, force uh, the world of Star Trek into like the world of like horror tropes, because like if I would have found like one of my uh, 
crew members like uh, in that state, like I would have really, you know, s- sort of snapped to like, you know, that's the thing. They never really rush anything on Star Trek. So they just sort of casually put her back and then they're like, well, we need to get the ship back online. And I just feel like there's not really a sense of urgency between the two. I mean, and it's okay at this point, but we don't get that sense of urgency until <laughs> much further down the line. I don't know. What do you think about yeah. that? Um, I mean, I get what you're saying, but they see like so much weird shit mm-hmm. on Star Trek uh, TNG like every week mm-hmm. that this isn't really like <laughs> as crazy as this is. It's not like the craziest thing they dealt with, you know, even that month, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, all right. So, all right. Well, you how know. about when they go back to the bridge and there's the guy who I just put, who's not Sulu, <laughs> who said there were three gashes on his chest. Uh, yeah. The guy who uh, got yeah, murdered. It's a dead body, basically. And they're just like, and Data. I mean, of course, you know, there's no need for Data to freak out. I mean, of course, Picard, you know, he's been a captain or whatever he is now, like all of his life. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll say this. I, I, I don't think that you're, you have a, you, you make a good point. Um, but data obviously isn't going to freak sure. out. He doesn't have emotions. Nope. And then Picard, if you're going to take any of the, uh, you know, humanoid, uh, cast, uh, human like cast members or whatever, that's the one that wouldn't. Sure. Know, I mean, because of course, out. you know, your captain can't freak out because then everyone else will freak out. Um, I don't yeah. know. I just wish that there was some way where they I, I felt like right, they they get sort of a ticking time bomb uh, later when uh, when Worf shows up. I just uh, feel like maybe he should have showed up a little sooner, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah. I, I think I think they were trying to like go for creepy more than horror scary. Sure. Maybe. Sure. And it didn't. And they ended up like not quite hitting either fully. Yes. yes. Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, but uh, okay. So when they find the guy with the three gashes on his chest, uh, I guess uh, Data somehow figures out. I can't remember if it's because he scans the guy or looks at the computer that the whole ship has been infected. Uh, they then go back to the ready room to, f- <laughs> to find Riker in full-on crow magnet transformation, uh, which for some reason he has his uh, middle finger out. <laughs> for some reason uh which i don't know i thought that was funny i don't know if like that was just a uh sort of in joke from the uh, makeup people or maybe Riker was like you know it'd be funny if my middle finger was out oh that'll he was a joker but uh you don't think so well actually it's uh from what i remember um this is not Riker, the actor jonathan frakes oh. uh in the in the crow magnum uh, man uh or something makeup, i remember correctly yeah, it was a stuntman because a stuntman is like a bigger guy. Oh, and Jonathan Frakes is already kind of a big sure. dude, but you know, they just thought he would look more and the guy or and his stuntman does kind of have like a little bit of a slope to his sure, forehead. Sure. So just thought it would look better. So Gotcha. I see. Well, I guess we'll never solve the mystery of the Crow Magnum middle finger today, but someday. Uh anyway, uh Crow Magnum Riker um tries to attack Picard, but uh Data shoots him. And that's when Data realizes, or he, in very drawn out sciencey terms, he basically says the entire crew is all Devo. <laughs> There's a Devo connection. Mm-hmm. They're all devolving into various creatures, I guess, depending on where they're from. Um, and uh, 
Is am I missing anything? I, there? I think like uh, dormant. Yeah, yeah. There's like dormant DNA, DNA yeah. uh, genes that, that are being activated, yep, which is all becoming accurate science um, for the most part, uh, if I remember correctly. And then uh, that's when Data and Picard start to discuss the the introns, which is basically what you were saying, which are causing them to mutate. And Picard is also infected, and he will. <laughs> Cracked me up. He says, "You'll eventually devolve into a lemur," <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I really think that they um, they missed the boat on getting to have um, Patrick Stewart turn into a monkey in this episode. Spoiler alert: he doesn't. <laughs> he would have acted the shit out oh, of him. Oh sure. yes! Look out! Quick! I'm going to fling my poo at you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so they uh, go to Data's quarters. Um, they find uh, Spot's kittens. And Spot is turned into an iguana. Um, Picard and Data figure out that they need to use uh, Spot's antibodies to start the um, anti-venom uh, process. Well, yeah, because the kittens didn't get the infection right. passed down to them. So they're like, oh, you know, it's probably due to the uh, heightened immune system from the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So that gives them the idea. But then Data says, well, we probably need human antibodies. So we need to find like somebody, a pregnant female. Right. Right. Which is why now we know why they had that weird cold open <laughs> with uh, the nurse being like, I'm pregnant. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely no uh, like, you know, the plot is solid. The script is solid. Uh, the only my only complaint is the the pacing. But also, yeah, and this is when I while they go to engineering, uh, they find Reg, who's part spider now. And um like in he had a really cool makeup. Yeah, job. and that's and this is uh, where another sort of uh, criticism of mine comes out is that they spent all this time on all the um, uh, creature makeup and stuff, and they really don't get to see a lot of it. Um, I, I get they were you know I guess using it sparsely in, at the beginning, you know, in proper horror movie fashion, but like usually what happens at the end is like <laughs> I guess in typical horror movies. Like all of like you know your makeup effect creatures like get together and start to converge on the heroes. You get to see them all like together and like fully lit and everything. And then finally, at the last moment, you know your protagonist does the thing that turns everyone back to normal. Which uh, unfortunately, we don't really get that uh, with this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, I almost wonder if they were afraid that like the creature effects would like like the more they showed them the the less good they will look maybe maybe, maybe like so it's maybe they seem like they're really mm -hmm. good but it's because of the lighting and the angles that they're showing because the only one that we really ever see in like the normal kind of lighting is Riker mm -hmm. and uh and uh Troy mm -hmm. I guess oh the monkey was um, pretty fully and, lit or and the, the and doctor the nurse, monkey yeah. yeah but but like Worf and uh Barkley like they're like pretty darkly lit right. and i think it's probably especially Worf. i thought he had the worst uh sure costume I, makeup job out of I all can of see them. that not being very mobile also um so yeah i mean yeah i guess you could call it the uh the jaws effect if you will you know the less you see of jaws the more scary he is um so yeah i i definitely see what you're talking about um but uh so yeah all right. While in engineering, they found Reg, who's part spider. We talked about that. And, th and then you finally start to see uh, Picard uh, freak out. But I, at this, I wrote here that the pace just feels so slow at this point. Because there's just a lot of, and this is the, 
you know, very sort of anti-horror movie. There's just a lot of like standing around sciencing things, um, which kind of slows mm-hmm. down the pace a lot. Um, and I think there's a bit more of that in our next scene where they go back to the the med bay um, and they find uh, oh, the sick bay. Oh, dang it. I did it again. The sick bay. They find Okawa, who is now um, looks like she's from the Planet of the Apes. Um, and um, then that's when Worf shows up and starts banging down the door, which which is great. Like, I just wish he would have uh, showed up sooner because it really adds a sense of urgency um, to everything. Uh, they figure out yeah. in order to throw Worf off their scent, they can use uh, Deanna Troy's uh, pheromones. And uh, so uh, Picard takes the scent of Troy, which has to be a perfume by Calvin Klein at some point. Uh, <laughs> he, um, while um, Data is doing something in the meantime, he's I guess he's working on the anti-venom for everyone at that time. Is that right? Yeah, he's trying to. Yeah, he's yeah, he's using Nurse uh, Agawa's uh, pregnant uh, juices, if you will, <laughs> to uh, delicious. It's <laughs> uh, the yeah, <laughs> her pregnant juice to figure out the situation. And obviously, they don't want Worf to get into sickbay and fuck everything up. So Picard uh, uses a hypo spray that's got like Deanna Troy's pheromones mm-hmm. that they took from her, and he goes out another door and starts like spraying. In the air, like her scent. It's actually just CK one, but uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then Worf starts falling. And Worf, we should talk. I mean, Worf looks like um, the thing, <laughs> like from the Fantastic <sighs> but, but, Four, <laughs> almost. Just in the head, of, but with like sharp edges. Yeah, yeah. Like like he almost looks like Doomsday, oh, a little yeah. bit. Like <laughs> yeah, for from sure. Superman, like with all like the ridges that they look like bonish. Wow, that's a good point. I wonder which one came first. I, I think uh, Doomsday came first, actually. That was, I guess that was a popular look back in the 90s, baby. Yeah, um, sure was. So, yeah, uh, basically, uh, yeah, Worf um, chases Picard. They chase them back to the uh, the duct that was being worked on in the beginning of the episode by um, Jordy and Reg. And I forgot to talk about that scene from the beginning when Reg and Jordy yeah, were working too. on the, um, the, the duct. And uh, Reg, just, he sort of half fixes it um, to bypass something. It's, you know, it's sciencey stuff. And then Reg goes to leave and Jordy's just like, oh, I'm just going to stay here and take a break. <laughs> uh, which I, <laughs> I don't know, just for some reason it cracked. Like, why would you like take a nap inside the air duct? Like when you have perfectly good. But he, but he was being affected. Yeah, right. Exactly. Thing exactly. Whatever, so. Um, so yeah, because you're right. It's very unlike Jordy to be like, I'm just, I mean, it's unlike everybody. Just, yeah, I'm going to take a break in this. Sure, dirt. I'm just going to stay here and read a book. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> so Picard. Uh, gr- and, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, sorry. And and just one thing I really like about this isn't like my, one of my favorite episodes mm-hmm. per se, but one thing I've come to really appreciate about this episode is that there's really like no wasted scenes. Oh no! Like every scene, uh, they come back. It comes back to it in some way. Like the thing with the duct. Like they come back to the same duct, and uh, you know, as Worf is chasing Picard, he pulls out the uh, the big wiring that Reg had used earlier to bypass yep. the thing, to basically shock the ground, uh, and uh, you know, to shock Worf and like knock him out, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just really like that there was like a point for everything. Again, not not my favorite TNG yeah. episode, but I appreciate that. Yeah, idea. setups and payoffs. That's what it's all about. And yeah, I mean. 
you know, the writing on Star Trek, the next generation, at least, has always been top notch. Uh, so, yeah, we get uh, the payoff when Picard shocks uh, Worf, as uh, Yahel just eloquently put, and um, Data successfully makes the antivirus. And we are in our next scene. Everyone is cured. <laughs> Reg gets a disease. Wait, what did you think about Picard's? What did you, wait, what did you think about Picard's little joke? Uh, which which joke? So, so when Data tells Picard, like, "Hey, I've got the this thing figured mm-hmm. out. I can uh, make it a gaseous form and spread it throughout the ship." He goes, "Okay, yeah, yeah, please do it, Mister." Yeah, but then he tells Worf, "Oh, Mister Worf, hopefully by the time you wake up." You'll be a new man. <laughs> I mean, that was, a, I'd say that's a good one liner. I, I feel like they really, mi- I think so they too. really missed the chance to do a fart joke there. Uh, but probably the yeah. best that they didn't. <laughs> oh, well, Worf does burp earlier. Oh, when yeah, eating, that's right. I think that's the one and only burp in the history of all Star hmm, Trek. So I wonder how they uh, figure. Well, we'll just finish the episode where yeah, everyone's, yeah, yeah everyone's yeah. cured. I guess they're back in the um, the med bay where it all began. I'm sorry, sick bay. There, I le- I'm learning. I'm learning. And uh, they uh, Crusher tells Reg that whoever the first patient is that gets uh, that carries a disease or something along those lines, they get the disease named after them. And um, I mean, yeah. and he just think it's the greatest thing ever. He said, "Thank you, thank you, Doctor Crusher, for for naming this disease <laughs> after me." Which is like, I, I mean, I don't really know that character very well, but it seems like the perfect thing for him. Yeah, and then, uh, and, and then, what, what does Crusher say? Something like, uh, "Oh, uh, you know, first he uh, has a disease." It's, she says something about him. Oh, and now he has a disease named after him. And Troy overhears it. And Troy, who's the ship's counselor, you know, says, "Oh, I better clear my calendar for the week." <laughs> and the very unprofessional number right, one right. <laughs> as a counselor. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but what's his face? Barkley is like con- does go to her regularly for therapy. Right. Um, like when he's first introduced in the first episode, he has an addiction to the holodeck. Oh, I remember that episode. All right. It's very strongly implied that he's been having sex with <laughs> holodeck versions of actual people from the ship, like Troy and uh, the Doctor. Would you say that Reg um, represents the uh, Trek fan community? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good stand-in for I mean, audience, I could just imagine, but, uh, like, some guy was... I, mean, I imagine many Trekkies over the years were like, oh, if only I could get into that holodeck, ooh, the things I would do. Yeah, um, but 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 the thing about uh, Barkley is that he, you know, he has like all these like um, I don't know if he's supposed to be uh, just have anxiety or maybe he has is supposed to represent you know maybe someone on the spectrum or something. I don't know exactly what they were trying to uh, or if they were even trying you know to do anything with him like that. But uh, you know, he's always like has anxieties about something. He's very uh, he's not confident very in neurotic, himself, yeah. right? And the great thing is that by the time he gets on Voyager, because uh, he's only in the Voyager seventh season, so it's like, you know, uh, like almost a full seven years since the end of TNG. Oh, wow. By then, he's like he still has a little bit of the neurosis, but they're like way more subtle. And he's like head of this like uh, uh, of this like program that's like trying to communicate with. Boy, he becomes the hero wow. basically of Star Trek Voyager, mm-hmm. and uh, so he has like a really nice like overall uh, story arc. That's cool. Yeah, good uh, good character arc. Yeah, wow. To, to yeah. think he, that. I- in fact, 
Troy still like checks up on him. That's why she's on Voyager and she's still like helping him through stuff. So he's still like in therapy seven years later, but he's doing much better. Nice, nice. Well, I think we've covered this episode pretty well, unless there's any like, I don't know, you got any more fun facts about it? Um, The only other thing I didn't mention was that uh, Gates McFadden, the reason why I think it's pretty obvious, but the reason why she gets taken out by the Venom so early is because she was directing it so that she'd have, you know, more time to do that. And it was her first time directing. Oh, wow. What an odd Uh, episode to start out on. Right. Yeah, But good for her for taking Uh, the challenge. Yeah. Um, So I think that like probably speaks to some of the pacing issues, Mm. too, or 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 maybe if not the pacing issues, because, you know, that that's the script too. Uh, Picard's re- reaction or lack of reaction, mm. maybe that was a direction from I, her. Actually, I was thinking that I was also, I also felt like there were, there were different camera angles that I wasn't used that I don't, didn't really remember seeing. So I don't know, maybe they were, maybe they started experimenting a little more down the line. Um, like, like I thought it was weird when, remember when, uh, data, homoerotically sidled up next to Reg and like it was like almost sort of shot from the kitten's point of view or something um or it was just an angle that I just wouldn't expect from a Star Trek or any TV episode really uh, but I still appreciated it though especially the homoeroticism uh yeah I do have a couple of other uh fun facts okay. actually uh this episode won an Emmy <laughs> let me guess makeup effects <laughs> Nope, you would think uh, it won an Emmy for um, Outstanding Individual Achievement in Sound Mixing for a Drama Series. Hmm. Um, it was nominated for uh, a, ma- a Makeup okay. Emmy as well and some other sound editing uh, Emmy. Um, the think I had one other thing. Nope. I sure. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, hey, that's uh, that's fascinating. Uh, let me uh, run the bumper, and we will answer the immortal question. Remember the question. question. All right. So we have two questions to answer here. Uh, we'll start out with the first one. All right. If I'm a if I'm a Trek guy, but I also love Halloween. Like, is this is this episode worth like watching every Halloween with my other like uh, Halloween traditions and the other horror movies that I watch along with it? Uh, I'll let you start since you're the big Trek guy. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you're a Trek fan, yeah, it's like a fun one to watch on Halloween. Um, I do want to say that there, it, it was a toss up uh, between this episode and another episode called night terrors. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> And where that's real creepy too. Mm. Uh, well, this one isn't really creepy, <laughs> but the Night Terrors one is creepy. But they're like hallucinating uh, because they're they're unable to dream. So right. like it's like making them have hallucinations during the day. And there's a bunch of like really cool kind of creepy stuff. But the end thing and the solution gets like so like kind of cheesy mm. and weird that like and not in a good way. That I was like, eh, I skipped that one. But arguably, you could say Night Terrors is more of a classic halloween type episode Mm. but anyways for me yes i watch i would watch this every halloween but i would watch this any day of the week too (laughs) (laughs) well wait that's our next question anyway all right for me 
who's, I would say, a casual Trek fan and a much bigger horror fan. Like this, I mean, if you think about like the big, some big like uh, cosmic horror, you know, you got Alien, which I definitely saw some, um, you know, inspiration from Alien in this. Like there's a scene where I think it's Picard or Riker. He gets like acid on his hand when they're in the duct or something. Yeah, it's totally like straight out of Alien. Uh, and then also yep. the other big like um, space horror, I would say, is Event Horizon. Are you familiar with that film? Yep. Uh, and unfortunately, this one does not reach anywhere near like the fright level of um, of those. Um, right. But, you know, it, it's hard to compare since, you know, this is a TV show uh, back when TV wasn't so uh, risque. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I would never watch this again. Sorry. Get out. Uh, so yeah, we'll say get out. <laughs> we'll say stalemate, um, at least for this being a Halloween show. Uh like all right, as far as um all right, being thrown into the uh, pit of obscurity, never to be heard from or right, before we get to that, is this a good trek episode? That's not a bad trek episode. Like mediocre, um maybe. I, I would say it's like uh it's like it's it's like a fun watch, especially if it's your first time going through the show because it's so weird, mm. man. Like it's so different from all of their other sure. episodes, so it's kind of like a fun break. And like you ra- very rarely see the characters act like this, where they're like not in control. Right. Right. Um. So I mean, I think it's a decent, pretty decent episode. Would it be in my top ten? No. Mm. I, I think the problem is because TNG has so many good sure. episodes of such a high bar. Mm. That when you get an episode like this, it's like, eh, it's okay. But if this was an episode in another TV series, it would probably be one of its better That's episodes, true. you know. All right. So, I mean, I'll just go ahead and render my verdict and say that I definitely don't feel that it needs to be, I mean, uh, thrown into the black pit of obscurity. Uh, how about yourself? I also agree. All right. So it's saved. Let me, uh, here it is. In accordance to Obscure to Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. Yeah, I could see this one being like a referenced by one of like maybe the current trek shows as like an easter egg for you know big time trek people maybe like i don't know maybe someone is talking to picard in the picard show and they're like hey remember that time when <laughs> when the the crew like de-evolved into like weird like uh horror creatures and like so so there is a star trek show now where they do that every episode mm-hmm. basically uh the the cartoon lower decks uh-huh. uh is constantly will randomly like say some like weird thing exactly like you that's I, I don't think that they've done this episode yet but I'm sure they will and the joke will probably sound something like that right yeah it's uh I've I figured as much so my question to you if there's like a bunch of uh, maybe Trek people or maybe they're only classic fans or maybe they're interested in checking out some of the new stuff is any of the new stuff any good and worth checking out <laughs> not really (laughs) well i lower decks the cartoon is actually legitimately Mm -hmm. the best star trek show right now um the first episode is not good but then from then on like it's all great and the second season is really good too and they still like even though it's like a comedy show Mm -hmm. 
um they still like have like actual like classic star trek mor morality played plots um and they do like lots of references to you know stuff that happened on tng and ds9 and voyager you know so they, they've actually had riker in it oh, wow. and uh, uh riker and troy uh and they're like married and uh, you know they got them to do their voices and it's pretty funny because riker they, is just like a lunatic uh in lower decks nice. like he's just like super modular he's He's basically a caricature of Riker, just super over the top, yes. and uh, it's really, really funny. And they've had like a few other like um, Trek uh, guest stars, so uh, yeah, and it's great. It takes place like basically right after the TNG movies ended is when Lower Decks takes place. So mm, interesting. Um, but Picard is terrible. <laughs> uh, Discovery, I, I, I don't even know which one is worse, to be honest with you. Um, th there's a new show coming out called Strange New Worlds, though. Is that uh, the CGI that one? Looks one? Like it no, that one's Prodigy. That one just started, I think, or it's going to start next okay. week. But that one's for kids, <laughs> little kids. I mean, the CGI looks pretty cool, but I mean, I'd never watch it. It does. It does. I'll watch like the first episode just to Give like shot. test mm -hmm. it out. And they brought Janeway back for it, which I is saw, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but she uh, looks so young anyways, there's a new show called. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. I should get some pregnant juice out of her. <laughs> uh, Anyways, uh, <laughs> so Strange New Worlds uh, is going to be the, I don't know, come out sometime next year. And that one looks like it's going to go back to traditional Star Trek mm. where it's not an ongoing season-long story. It's like a different story every week. Uh, so, yeah, the new Star Trek is just like very violent. Uh, yeah, uh, I've, I've heard. I've, I've watched videos about it. <laughs> Yeah, and people like just like they drop f bombs all the time, and I, I'm no fucking prude, but <laughs> it's just weird in Star Trek, you know. Like, I love that. I'm no fucking prude. That's great. <laughs> As he says, wearing so, a Star Trek yeah. uh, uniform. That just that works for me. I love it. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I mean, it sounds like they've seen the light and are hopefully going back to uh, to what works. Um, but uh, yeah. any big plans for uh, for Halloween? Uh, I have no plans uh, for Halloween mm. at this time. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Steve? Uh, at first, I didn't really have any. I was going to take uh, take the boy for his first time trick-or-treating to a few houses. But then I have uh, another friend of mine <laughs> asking me to be his uh, his Mike for, uh, from Red Letter Media. And then we're just going to go to a bar dressed as Mike and Jay from Red Letter Media. So uh, there you go. <laughs> um i guess those are my plans i i want i wonder like how many people will uh yeah i mean it, get it's it. for us it's for us let's be honest i mean red letter media is you know very well known sure i mean if you how how would you dress up as mike I, oh I you just wear their um uh you know vcr repair shirts basically okay yeah. oh okay yeah, okay yeah. that's it yeah that's true i forgot i forgot about that set. right okay. if you went to the sense. right hipster bar i'm sure maybe two people would get it so We'll see. I'll let you know yeah. how it goes. Uh, any, yeah. if I do something, I'll probably uh, wear this. It's my excuse every year to uh, wear my. Oh, uh, I do have one last fun fact about uh, one of the actors. Okay, uh, Mr. Uh, Lavar Burton, Jordy LaForge. Uh, while I was wearing this shirt, he shoved me, <laughs> uh, and I almost fell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow! And uh, but that's because you were drunk, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I was drunk at a convention, and uh, and I came on to him. <laughs> and no, 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 and uh, I was, 
getting my getting my picture taken with him and uh he was just trying to say like oh there you go you know you know how like you put your hand on somebody's back right. and just kind of guide them along he wasn't trying to be rude or anything but i was so drunk at this point that like the slightest gust of, of wind would have uh you know been enough to knock me off balance so he was like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm like oh no this is great did you give him did he give very... you a book on sobriety afterwards <laughs> probably but you don't have to take my word for it drunk. yeah well, um, all right. I think we're almost done here. Uh, any uh, progress in the projects category? Um, I am wrapping up my script for next video mm. on Perfect Dark. Uh, I am gonna. It's gonna be sponsored. This video <gasps> by Magic Spoon. Oh, and uh, been, is that stuff any good? I I haven't opened the box. It just came in uh, yesterday, and I was like in Orlando, so I hadn't. I uh, haven't had it yet, but I know a few people that have, and they say it's good. And for the amount of money that I, I am shocked that they are paying me, mm. uh, it's going to taste great. <laughs> you hear that, Starfleet? They're paying a lot of Captain money. Captain Velasquez <laughs> is up for sale. Uh, just like that yeah, no well, good I'm, I'm, uh, Captain Stark from Sequest. <laughs> the only reason why I'm doing the sponsorship is because uh, I'm uh, kind of testing the waters for doing the channel full time sometime uh, next year. So I kind of want to get an idea of how much money I could realistically pull in through sponsorships and v views That's and great. try and sort it That's out. Great, man. I'm, I'm hoping this show will be there someday. <laughs> uh, hey. But uh, anyway. Um, what about you? The comic book is basically done. Cover's done. Nice. The only thing that's left is like, <laughs> of course, since I'm a, I'm a shill, I'm going to have one page in the back that promotes this show. And of course, Ray can't sleep. Um, because why not? I mean, I'm going to be handing this thing out for free. Might as well try to get some views and downloads out of it. And oh, so so you're doing you you are doing a print version? Eventually, I mean, uh, then first step will be uh, digital, which will be offered to anyone listening to this show who wants one. Um, just leave a comment if you like. Um, it'll probably be ready the next time we we do a show, which. We might as well uh, nice. um, say what we're going to be covering uh, on Halloween Day, actually. Uh, would you like to tell everyone that? I forgot what Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, you've been... Oh, wait. Are we covering... Uh, oh, hey, are, are we covering one of yours? No, it's it's ours. It's Dark Place, man. Dark Place. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Dark it's place. his birthday, yeah, everyone. Yeah. He's been drinking. It's okay. I have been drinking a lot the last Starfleet. Two weeks. Please I... don't judge him on this episode. He's a stand-up. You know, you know what? You know what they drink on on Star Trek uh, instead of alcohol? Uh, you no, remember? They drink synthahol. Syn <laughs> Whoa, uh, that is awesome. That's right up my alley, right there. It, it's. Uh, they're a little dicey on how it works, but basically it gets you drunk without any of the negative side effects. And apparently they, you can like sober up from it like very quickly. Ooh, that sounds perfect. Uh, oh, one last project. I mean, it's not really my own. I acted in my friend's uh, short film called Vertical. Um, and then I'm going to be scoring it as well. Um, so nice. that will be, he's going to be sending it out to like uh, festivals and stuff soon. So. I'll keep everyone nice. here. But uh, anyway, hell, anything left to say before we sign off here? No, no, I think I'm good. I, I thank you for watching, uh, for for going on this trek Ooh, with me. Good one. Uh, well, you know, uh, 
you're the star co-host here. <laughs> that, that, that joke went downhill at warp speed, no, sir. Uh, don't make me beam you out of here, you fuck. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> uh, you're ready for the modern Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Like, d- don't make me turn this, like, once a scientific moral show into a, an action, like, awful sci-fi action it's, whatever it's game of thrones in space now oh basically. is there any incest because that would be really hot um <laughs> i hope not please no they i'm trying to think because they go to the mirror universe and it's very sexual oh, there I, I don't think that there was any incest though man Ugh. all right i'm never gonna watch any of that stuff uh anyway all right <laughs> thank you everyone for watching this episode of obscurity now please uh subscribe and like make sure you check out the hell's channel wrestling with gaming and of course uh as you saw in the middle of the show uh ray can't sleep it's the perfect creepy audio drama for your holiday let's do it so well for your halloween too much halloween holiday um and we will see or maybe you're devolving i'm devolving Uh. into (laughs) paps blue ribbon hard coffee you're like Riker. (laughs) what are you talking about uh and uh, we'll see you next week and we'll be covering uh dark place and uh see you then bye-bye you've been enjoying obscurity now a podcast that's recorded live to tape and stream to twitch and youtube Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now.